from San Diego, California, it's the Frug Life Podcast with your host, Ricky Hershey. Welcome to the Frug Life. We have a great episode today on transportation. So let's start with a listener question from Twitter, Dan. Dan asks, is Tesla worth the price? What if it's used? Compare things that have wear and tear. So this is an excellent question. At the heart of it, should I buy an electric car? Now, if you don't want to listen to the podcast and you just want a quick answer, the short answer is probably not. Now, Dan is specifically asking about a Tesla, which the cheapest Tesla is the Model 3 at about $36,000. Just for reference, that's 19000 more than a Toyota Corolla. And really, to make the math simple, let's just ignore repair costs for a second which I think in the Tesla will be much more expensive than the Corolla. And just off the bat, you have like 20k in price to make up for. So even assuming electricity is free, let's look at that 19k price difference. At $35 a gallon, you need to buy 5,500 gallons of gasoline to make up that price difference. The Corolla gets 31 miles a gallon in the city. So in essence, though, Between the Model 3 Tesla and the Toyota Corolla, you need to drive 170,000 miles in order to make up that initial difference in price due to the fuel savings of using electricity instead of gas. So that 170,000 miles that you need to drive is a significant portion of the life of the car. And here we've given the Tesla every advantage, right? We've ignored repair costs which, again, for the Tesla, probably much higher. We have ignored the cost of electricity, and the gas price is based on the gas price here in California, which is much higher than much of the country. And despite all of these advantages, it still looks like buying a cheap Toyota Corolla is probably more frugal than buying a new Tesla. Now, the user also asks about buying a used Tesla. And you know, honestly, I think there's not a ton of information out there about how much it costs to maintain a Tesla. You know, if the battery goes bad, that's a huge expense. And there's just a bunch of different aspects of the car that could have things go wrong with them that would be very expensive to repair. So really, I think we need a mechanic and even a mechanic might not really know because there's not too much history. A car YouTuber, Scotty Kilmer, likes to talk about how he likes to buy older cars with proven histories. And really, the Tesla is kind of unproven at this point. Now, while we're talking about buying a Tesla, I wanted to mention a video by Graham Stephan that you probably have seen titled How I Bought a Tesla for $78 per month. And this video is a little bit deceiving right off the bat because that per month rate is only for the first like 12 months as he got a special financing arrangement. So he's talking about his cash out-of-pocket cost for the Tesla for the first year of ownership. And after that first year, he has to pay more cash out-of-pocket because he gets like this teaser rate, basically. He also uses a number of tax rebates and credits and whatnot to help lower the price of the car. I think the federal tax credit that he references in this video is gone, but there may still be a California electric vehicle rebate. Graham in the video talks about how 
the car is for business use, and so he gets to deduct the interest he pays on it, and he gets to depreciate the car against his income, which all saves him money. Now, before you say, oh, I have a Schedule C, I should depreciate my car on my tax return. Well, there's a few things to keep in mind. One, the car has to be for business use. And if you want to depreciate the entire car or claim the full depreciation amount that you're allowed to each year, the car has to be entirely for business use. You cannot use the car for personal use. If you do, you can only depreciate a portion of the allowable depreciation, right? So not to get into a huge tax lesson, right? But when you depreciate assets, you typically do so using something called a maker's schedule. And so each year, there's a percent of the price of the item that you're allowed to claim in depreciation each year. And different assets have different categorizations. And so you get to depreciate them over longer or shorter periods of time. And there's also some special rules about cars. I don't want to get into that. But if you are claiming a car as a business asset, you drive it between your place of work and clients. And that mileage is good. You're safe there. But the mileage between where you live and just a regular job, that's commute, not deductible. So if you are an employee, in addition to just being a freelancer or someone who uses a Schedule C, commuting to work, not deductible. And all the other little things you use a car for, driving to the grocery store, not deductible. Those mileages aren't deductible. That's personal use. So if you have a car that is for business use, you have to just use it for business use, or you get to depreciate the proportion you use for business. Alternatively, with a vehicle like this, you can just keep track of your mileage and deduct the standard mileage rate that's established by the IRS. So a lot easier than keeping track of all the actual costs of the vehicle. All right, now that I've lost everyone talking about taxes for the first half of the episode, let's jump in to cheap transportation tips right after this break. All right, welcome back. So we established a Tesla probably is not going to save you money on transportation, but here are some tips that will. One, consider public transportation. Buying a new car is a lot of money. And buying a used car might be a maintenance nightmare. Instead, when I started my new job, I took the bus to work. Sure, it took a little extra time, but it was a huge difference in cash versus buying a new car. Taking the bus cost me, I don't know, it was like $100 a month versus forking over 20 something thousand dollars for a new car. Also, if you are a student, your school may even have discount transportation options. I know at my college, there were options to buy discounted bus passes, discounted light rail passes, and other stuff like that. So check it out. And depending on your income level, your city may provide something like that as well. At my school, also, there was a free shuttle to get between my apartment and campus, which I took advantage of all the time. So just look out for options. Perhaps even better than taking a bus, though, is biking. If it's safe, you should consider using a bike to get around. It can be super cheap, and you even get exercise. It's a win-win. I literally found my current bike in a dumpster years ago. Beyond replacing some inner tubes here and there, oiling the chain, 
It hasn't been much maintenance at all. It's provided me miles and miles of service, and it didn't even cost me anything to get. And it's not some piece of junk either while it was in the trash. It's a pretty nice specialized hard rock. So just be on the lookout for an opportunity to get a free bicycle. I got mine in particular in the dumpster by my apartment complex, especially in a college town where people are moving all the time. There's usually some cool finds to be had. Now, if you aren't blessed with an amazing dumpster find, you can buy a bike used. Find a good brand. As you probably can guess, I'm a pretty big fan of Specialized. But you can buy one secondhand online, lots of places. And assuming where you're going isn't too far and that the route you take is safe, biking is an awesome way to get around. Now let's go back to the oldest way of getting around, just walking. While at BYU, that is what I did. I walked in the snow every day to class. It was cold and it was a little bit terrible, but I didn't have to maintain a vehicle. And also, I'm from California, so I really didn't want to drive in the snow anyways. You might ask though, there's so many things that I need a car for, how will I get by? Like groceries, for instance. Well, I would just go shopping when my friends went grocery shopping, and that's how I got groceries. If I really needed to, I could just walk to the local grocery store to get a few things. But yeah, make a friend. Go shopping with them. If you're clever and think about things, there's a lot of possible solutions to any potential problem. And nowadays, in a pinch, you can always use Uber or Lyft, unless maybe if you're in California, but that is a totally different story. Now, if you live in the U.S., you may have limited public transit options, and your work may be farther away than you can walk or bike. So really, there are many situations in which you might need a car. Some voices in personal finance say never buy a new car. Cars lose a huge amount of value when you drive them off the dealership lot. Let me tell you another story though. I have purchased a used car or two in my time and they have all been maintenance nightmares. So if you are a Scotty Kilmer and can figure out the good or the bad in vehicles, go for it. Or if you can hire someone like him to come with you and look at a vehicle, go for it. But for me, I'm not able to differentiate between a good car and bad. Alternatively, when you buy a new vehicle, you know the history. There's no worrying about did they change the oil, did they take good care of the car, etc. And if you buy the right brand, your car won't lose its value so quick. Vehicles like Toyotas and Hondas retain their value very well. Like I was saying, some personal finance people talk about depreciation curves and that the cars lose a ton of value in the beginning and then they start leveling off. And in my experience with a Toyota or a Honda, that's just not true. It retains its value very well over time. So something nice like a Honda Civic, Toyota Corolla, I would look at those. One source you might consider for a used car though is friends and family. I was super blessed. My grandfather gave me his old car. It was very awesome. I'm super grateful. I don't have to take the bus now, especially during this pandemic. So just taking public transit for a time gave me the opportunity to get a car to myself at no cost to me, and it's awesome. I did have one last point on cars, and that is financing your car. And I personally don't recommend going into debt for a car. I recommend saving up and buying the car in cash. It might take a while, but you don't want to be paying someone else a bunch of interest 
you want to be the recipient of interest, not the payer. At least that's my philosophy. Now, of course, there is a lot more nuance than just that. I mean, buying a car enables you to work a job that enables you to make more money than you otherwise would have. The car can still be an okay use of your funds. Life isn't always about being the most cheap. You have to look at how much income making a purchase will get you. All right, well, I hope you learned some frugal tips for a vehicle. Have a great week and stay frugal. Just the app for you. WeBear is the investing app for bears by bears. So sign up and get a free stock. Okay, yeah, there is no app called WeBear. The app's called Weeble. Sign up using my link below. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. Everybody gets a stock. Or go to my website, www.support.the frugalife.com. Thanks for helping the show.